I don't think we could have picked a better song tonight, amen. Who sang that song? Where did that come from? It was the Blues Brothers? Or That's what? one of our backups, sir. That was a good song. Praise God. That's a very song. I, I want to dig into this tonight. Uh, Mark chapter 10. Got my Bible? I want to dig into this tonight at this time. It's Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I want to speak to you about opportunities tonight. How to know it's God. How to know for sure it's God coming into your life. So many people ask me all the time, how can I be sure? How can I know? God brings good, brothers and sisters. That's all I know to tell you is God is a God of good, and, and he brings great stuff into our life, and he presents opportunities. And I, and I want to talk about that. But before I get into to, to the, to the verse, I want to just what lead you up to this. Uh, None of the disciples understood what Jesus was telling them, and none of his predictions would become clear to them after his resurrection. In the meantime, several of his disciples are, are not only failing to understand his warning about the things to come, but are missing his message on the things that are right before his eyes. God puts opportunities right before our eyes. How many believe that tonight? Come on, somebody. God puts opportunities right before our eyes. I'm leading you into this word tonight. Jesus has already told them to be great amongst his followers means to be humble like a child. But James and John still think that as two of his closest disciples, they can win worldly fame and power. Here we are in verse 46. Mark 10. Got my Bible? Verse 46. By the time they had reached Jericho, as they passed through the town, a crowd of people followed along. They came to a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, who sat beside the main road. When he was told that Jesus of Nazareth was passing in that throng, he called out with a loud voice. Now this is Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, take pity on me and help me. Disgusted by the blind man's public display, others in the crowd tried to silence him until the master passed. Some of the crowd, verse 48, said, Be quiet, hush. Bartimaeus still louder yelled, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped where he stood. The crowd stopped with him. He told those near him in front of the crowd to call to the blind man and to bring him forward. Some of the crowd told Bartimaeus, Good news, Jesus has heard you. Listen, he's called for you. Get up and go to him. Verse 50, Bartimaeus cast aside his beggar's robe and stepped forward, feeling his way towards Jesus. Jesus said, What do you want from me? Bartimaeus, Teacher, I want to see. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. In that moment, Bartimaeus couldn't, could see again. And from that time on, he followed Jesus. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Mary walked into the house earlier and I was saying, Bartimaeus, 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 Bartimaeus. She said, what in the world is up with you? I said, I want to get his name right tonight. Bartimaeus, I'm probably still getting it wrong. As I'm getting it right, I'm doing it right tonight. Praise God. What a great story. 
What a great story for you and I to dig into tonight. Here's a blind beggar on the side of the road. He hears because he can't see that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming his way, and he knows if he can just get in the presence of Jesus and holler out to him, there's something about a shout, brothers and sisters. Come on, somebody. There's something about a shout, brothers and sisters. You need to hear me tonight. I'm going to teach you something if you're willing to listen. I want to give you a word tonight, and that word is called opportunity. Say it with me. Opportunity. Touch three people and say opportunity. I looked it up in the dictionary, and it says a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. An opportunity is defined as a favorable occasion when we have the opportunity to making a decision that will have a positive impact on our life. Opportunity, like the blind beggar Bartimaeus, this time his gift was coming by. Come on, somebody. There was an opportunity presenting itself. A lot of us have opportunities come our way, but we miss them. How many hear me tonight? A lot of times we have opportunities come our way, but we miss them. We fail to recognize that it's the Heavenly Father sending us those opportunities. So how can we avoid missing what he has in store for us? The Bible teaches us about a blind beggar named Bartimaeus who experiences Jesus' love in an unexpected way. We too, we, too, we too need to remain sensitive to God's activity in us and around us. How many people know that that is very important? To stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. In us and around us. In us and around us. Looking for opportunities. You know opportunities can come from anybody, anywhere, anytime. How many believe that today? I was talking with Pastor Tim Bird over there at, at the New Waverly Cowboy Fellowship. He hosts his new church start at the Gospel Lakes Ranch where we just had our men's revival. I was talking to him today, and I was telling him, Brother Tim, is there anything that we can do for you as a church? Is there anything that we can do to help you? And he said, Brother Mark, I just got to tell you a story. I said, well, tell me that story, Brother Tim. I want to hear it. He said last week, the church that he came from, there was some leadership in the church that got sour with him. He had resigned over six months ago because God had called him into cowboy work. Well, he decided that that, that, that was what God was calling him to do, so he resigned as the pastor, but he wanted to stay friends with the church. We had a few friends in the church, and he started this new work out there, New Waverly Cowboy Fellowship. Tim is a great pastor. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's probably in his 50s to 60s. He don't want to hurt anybody. He don't want to cause any malice or strife. All he wants to do is lead one person to the Lord. And so as they started their work out there, they started with a handful of people out there, and they started their work. They needed some chairs. So he reached out to his old church and his friends in the old church and said, Hey, brothers, can I borrow some of the chairs that you are not using? Right away, man, they gave him 100 chairs. Yeah, go ahead. Well, some of the people that really didn't like him in the church, they decided that uh, they just decided that uh, uh, they wanted those chairs back. See, they've had three or four meetings now, and they're running about 60 people. He gets a phone call from the church, and the church that he comes from says, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we need our chairs back. Oh, Brother Tim didn't know what he was going to do. 
They said, oh, my goodness, we got church on Sunday. What are we going to do? I got to give these church chairs up. I don't know. Lord, help me. He started to pray. How many know when you call on God that he, he hears us when we pray? So that Sunday morning, which was last Sunday morning, he, he had told the church, he said, church, I, I'm going to plead with you. And they had about 50 or 60 people show up. And he said, we need some new churches. And I mean, some need, we need some new chairs. And he said, I'd like to take up an offering for some chairs tonight. And so they took up an offering for some chairs, Brother Harry, and they got $700. $700 for chairs. But how many people know that the blue chairs that you're setting in are $49.95 apiece? They're not cheap chairs. Chairs ain't cheap. After church, a lady came up to him and said, Pastor, I need to repent. He said, okay, repent. <laughs> she said, well, while you were asking for church chairs and money to raise chairs, I was on Craigslist. And I found some chairs, and a guy's got some chairs, and he wants $2,200 for them. And Tim's like, oh, my goodness, $2,200. And she said, if you believe and I believe, if you believe and I believe, that God would do that, that God would, if we would just believe in our heart, that God would bless us. He said, well, one or two are gathered there, he'd be. So if you believe and I believe, we can raise that $2,200. He said, well, we just got $700 today, so that's a good start. So they called the guy, they called the guy, they called the guy, couldn't get no answer on the phone. Finally, finally, uh, he, he's got to take the chairs back, and man, his blood is pumping. His blood is boiling. How many people know that pastors are real, too? <laughs> you like to put us up on this pedestal, but we really... <laughs> cool, 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 cool. I don't know what makes me do that stuff. It's, it's all God, I don't know, it's crazy. And so, so he goes to take these chairs back, and he is fuming. He's mad. Anyway, he's getting them out of his trailer, and he, he's putting them back in the church, and he says, God, just calm my spirit. I know you got this, God. I know you got this. You got this whole situation. He gets the last chair in the church. He's walking out the doors, and he shuts the doors. A lady pulls up that goes to that church and says, I hear you're in need for chairs. He said, yeah, I had to give back the chairs to this church. So, yeah, we're really in need chairs. She said, Brother Tim, I've always loved you. God laid it on my heart to make some phone calls. She handed him a check. She said, me and a couple of people in the church, we went ahead and raised some money for you. We got a check for $1,500. What's 15 plus 7? What did the guy on Craigslist want? They called again. He picked up. He said, I got to get rid of these chairs. I got to get rid of them. My wife's going to kill me. They stored in this garage. She's going to whoop me. I got to get rid of these chairs. He said, if you come over, I'll tell you what. I got a bunch of sound equipment, lights, and all kinds of stuff. You can have the whole shooting combine. Come on, somebody. God is good. We got to be sensitive to that opportunity that he gives us. God provides. God is good. Learning from this story. Of Bartimaeus in Jesus' day, people believed that blindness or disease was caused by sin, either of his own or his parents. That's found in John 9, 2. They believed that if you were lame or if you were blind or if you were born with nine toes instead of ten, that you was either uh, uh, your parents sinned or, or you're a sinner if there was anything wrong with you. But our Savior don't value like that. Our Lord and Savior don't see things like that. He loves everybody. 
Come on, somebody ought to understand that tonight, that he loves everybody. Joe, leave those doors open right there so the air conditioner, go ahead and kick them wide open so the air conditioner can flow right through there for her and them. In Jesus' day, people believed that, that, that a person's blindness or their disease was caused by sin. But our Savior values everyone, including the disabled. He sees their impairments not as an uh, indication of a sinful nature, but as a chance to see his Father's power come to life. When Jesus came, he came with miracles, brothers and sisters. He, he came and, and, and he seen a lame person, a person with leprosy, a blind person, a person that couldn't hear. Whoever he healed, the woman at the well, he said, you know what? Uh, th this is not going to be a curse. It's going to be a, another opportunity for a blessing. How many hear me tonight? Another opportunity for a blessing. Because it was right before the Passover Many people were walking through Jericho to Jerusalem. Bartimaeus had heard a man from Nazareth named Jesus who was known to heal the blind, performing so many miracles. But he didn't expect to have the opportunity to meet him in person. He had just heard about it. Let me ask you tonight, if, 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 if he showed up here tonight, would you be ready to meet him? Come on, somebody. If he showed up here tonight, would you be ready to meet him? I think, Cowboy Church, we got to stay ready to meet Jesus. Who believes me tonight? I think we got to stay ready to meet Jesus. I think we got to stay in the Word. I think we got to stay around other believers. I think we got to sing good Christian songs and get stuff out of our lives that ain't supposed to be there. We got to stay ready to meet Jesus. If he showed up tonight at your house about 3 o'clock in the morning, it was a knock at the door. Would you go with your pistol? Probably most of us would. But if you recognized it was Jesus, would you put your guns away? You know, I heard a story of Warren Buffett is one of the greatest investors in our day. And he is also the second richest man in the world with an estimated value of over $44 billion. Buffett is so famous that a special edition did a, a monopoly board that featured games of his company. In June of 2005, Buffett decided to help raise money for his charitable foundation by offering an online auction for someone to have lunch with him. Whoever would win that, uh, that auction would get to have lunch with him. The winning bid was $351,100 just to have lunch with Warren Buffett. The price to access, the price to be in the right place at the right time. How many people know that life is about opportunities, being at the right place at the right time with a sensitive spirit to know that this is for you? You know, do we recognize the value of the wisdom of God's word? Our access through the Bible, through prayer, through worship, through coming to church? I think it's just as valuable coming here as it would be to go meet Warren Buffett or any other celebrity. I think going to church and seeing you guys on a weekly basis is worth billions of dollars to me. One time I had a guy in my church, he had showed up and he's, he, uh, Holly knows who I'm talking about, he showed up and he come from another church and he was a big time guy in his church, he had big tithes and, and, he, and he showed up and he said, hey I want to help, you're doing great things. And I said, brother, I, I, I need the help. And he said, well, I want to preach. I said, well, i got to get to know you first. got to get to know you. 
He kept pushing me and kept pushing me. One day I met him for lunch and he opened up a briefcase. He had a briefcase and he opened it up and he pulled out a, a manila envelope and he slid it across the table and it, it said something like 140 something thousand dollars. He said, this is what me and my family bring to the table. This is what we gave to our last church. I folded the envelope up and I just slid it back across the table and I said, if, if, if God, if, if, if that's the blessing that you want, you got it by telling me. You don't tell people what you give. You, come on, somebody. You should give from your heart. If me and Dr. Dave are out to lunch and I want to pay for his lunch or if I want to pay for somebody else's lunch or if there's a person across the table that's bowing their head and praying and I, and I want to do something for him, I don't think that I should have to come and brag to you what I did. The opportunity presented itself. The Spirit was there and God was leading and I helped. I think God, God is, shows up great when he does that, man. He knows our needs tonight. Maybe some of you are feeling led to do something for somebody else, but you're not sure if you're going to make it if you give away yours. Let me tell you, God supplies. You can't outgive God. God owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. I was thinking about this new rocked asphalt that we have coming into our church. I was wondering what it looked like if I painted it gold so people come over here and look like they're walking on the streets like, gold. Oh. That's why I told y'all y'all can't drive on it. I might paint it gold. I don't know yet. But God supplies. He could just chip off a brick off the old road and throw it down to us when we do great things for him. Somebody hear me today. He's just been too good. That's how he is. How do we sharpen our ability to identify the opportunities God brings? Let me give you a few clues. Observe how the Lord works in the lives of people from the Old Testament to the New Testament. How many know it's important to hear these stories about Bartimaeus? The vine beggar on the side of the road shouting for some help. Shouting. What's the odds? What's the odds? What's the odds that Jesus would stop what he was doing on a yell? I don't know, but I've yelled at him a few times, and he stopped what he was doing and rescued me. Come on, somebody. Who's, who's, had, to, who's had to cry out for help in the middle of the night because you couldn't sleep because you were worried? How many had to cry out in the middle of the night for some help because you didn't know how you was going to feed your kids tomorrow? How many have had to cry out for help to God because you didn't know what tomorrow holds? You could just hold on to the one who knew. I want to talk to somebody tonight that really been around the block. You can get in the Bible, Holly. We can find these stories, and if God will help him, he'll help us. The same God that did the miracle for him will do the miracle for us. How many believe that tonight? I'm going to preach miracles till the day I die. I believe miracles are in the time we live. I believe God that still heals today. God will work through the Holy Spirit to make you sensitive to his voice. You have to look into the Bible, find those stories, and say, Oh, Lord, you got Paul out of prison. I know you're going to get me out of this situation. Oh, Lord, I've been a prostitute all my life, Lord, but I want to change. All right, you're like that woman in the well. God touched you. He made you whole, clean again. He said, go and sin no more. You picked yourself up and said, you know what? I'm not going to be a fourth-time loser, a five-time loser. I'm changing my life right here at this well. I'm walking away clean and whole and fresh. And Oh, man, somebody ought to hear me tonight. So you look at those stories in the Bible, and there's a bunch of them like Joseph how they left him for dead, how they sold him into slavery. And then with God, just sticking with God. Say sticking with God. 
was sticking with God, he just started opening up opportunities, started making Joseph the head of the house, started making Joseph handsome. Joseph will, I mean, God will make some of you handsome, and y'all need it. God just started opening up those opportunities for him. And then one day he was second in command. God is a God that takes care of his children. So you got to look in the word. You got to look in the Bible. You got to find them stories. You got to believe those stories. You got to believe that those are going to apply to your life today. I believe one day there's going to be a new Bible. And my name might be in it. We open the book of Mark Grimes. On this day, chapter 2, they came in and tried to kill him. On this day in chapter 3, they came in, they put him on a stake. <laughs> on this day, we did a fall festival. 5,000 people showed up. 5,000 people received a hot dog, a hamburger, a Pepsi. And on this day, those 5,000 people received Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I believe, <laughs> I believe there may be a new Bible one day, and you might be in it if you stay straight with God. I don't know. That's just my mind. Just running wild. I believe you got to look in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Also, I believe that you need to look in the lives of other people. Hear me tonight. When opportunities are blessing and God's blessing other people, you need to watch them, see how they act. You need to say, man, that guy or that girl is being blessed. She must be really faithful to God. Maybe if I was more faithful with God, he'd bless me. I think it's really important that you need to watch people. Come on, somebody. Not in a judgmental way, but in a way, if God is moving, you need to pay attention and say, man, I know you're there. I want to be where you are. And that person who is there ought to look back and want to help because the Bible says that the olders ought to help the younger. Somebody ought to hear me. Praise God. It says that the older women in the church ought to help the younger women in the church. It says that the older men in the church ought to help the younger men in the church. So look at the stories in the Bible for opportunities for you. Also look around with others. Be in the right place with others. God will make opportunities like I've never seen before. God will work through the Holy Spirit to make you sensitive to his voice. Once we learn how God operates, we must choose to walk in faith as Bartimaeus did. See, it took Bartimaeus getting up and stripping off the beggar's robe. When was the last time you got up and said, you know what, Brother Mark? I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of my marriage being in the ditch week after week after week. I'm coming to the altar with my marriage. I'm getting up and I'm stripping off all this hate I got. And I'm coming to the altar with this stuff. And I'm getting right with God. When was the last time you got up out of your spot, your little comfortable spot, and said, you know what, God? I am sick of being depressed. I'm sick of being sick. I'm sick of being overweight. I'm sick of being unhealthy. I'm sick of all this that, that has just weighed me down. And you got up and you stripped all that off and you came for your miracle. <laughs> this is good preaching, even if it's just to me. Even if it's just to me, sometimes you just got to get up and strip it off and believe that God has called you forward. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus cried out in hope, even though others in the crowd tried to shush him. I, I want to say this. There will always be people in the crowd trying to shush you. There will always be people in the crowd trying to keep you down. There will always be people trying to hush you to stop and kill your dreams, stomp on your hopes, and to kill you from soaring like an eagle. Listen to me tonight. You can't hang around with buzzards and expect to be an eagle. Amen. 
If you want to soar, you got to get with the right people in the right place with the right atmosphere where God is moving. Psalms 31, 17 says this, Do not let me be discouraged, O Lord, for I called out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. I cried out to God and he helped me. Shout it out to the Lord that your wife is sick. Man, Mary's been sick. I started shouting out, Lord, heal her. We don't need any of this Ebola. I ain't taking it lightly. It's in Dallas. Why can't it be in Ganey, Caney Creek, Grangerland? It can be someplace we need to be shouting to God. God, keep my children safe. Brother Carl's little daughter was going to school, and they sent a letter home saying, hey, we just want you to know that some of the students just got back from Africa. Put them up. Put, just want you to know we took all the precautions. What? You got to shout it out. Lord, protect my baby. Save my baby. Save the other babies. You got to shout it out. Shout it out. Doctors' reports come in and say, hey, you got cancer? You got to shout it out. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. The test results might look like I do, but I know that I don't. Doctors came in, looked at Dalton today, and we took him for some testing. If somebody's talking to you, just say, hey, I got, I got to get this today. Listen, the doctors came in and started talking to Dalton today, and they started telling him all the worst-case scenarios, all the, all the bad that could happen. One more head entry, one more bull ride, one more football play. It could end you for the rest of your life. I said, don't tell me about what's going to happen as a bad-case scenario. Tell me how we can get to the good spots in life. I'm not going to sit and let my boy worry and fret over living. Because I believe through your prayers and my prayers that he was healed by the time I got to Nacogdoches. And I still believe that today. I believe when I was getting in my car to drive, then I believe that I was driving fast. Just to see if God would answer my prayers and your prayers. And when we got there, he was awake. He was alert. He was responsive. Yeah, he's got to take some right steps. Yeah, he's got to heal up. Yeah, he's got to get healthy. But I ain't going to have some doctor tell him. I'm going to have Dr. Jesus to call on. Sometimes my, my son, he heard all that stuff today. He started crying. He started saying, why me? Why me? Why does it always happen to me? He's not the only one. Y'all do it too. We all do it. Why not us tonight? Why not us? Not God trust us. I said, Dalton, God can turn this little test into a testimony. Maybe you're not supposed to play football. Maybe you're not supposed to ride bull. Maybe you're supposed to do something different. But you need to listen to the voice inside of you. You need to go towards that opportunity. If it's the opportunity to get back on, if it's the opportunity to ride again, if it's the opportunity to, for whatever God, you know, Dalton has a, a, a heart to shoe horses and train animals. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Maybe it's not supposed to be. Maybe you'll be the world famous horse trainer. Maybe you'll be better than any other horse trainer in the world. But with God, there's endless possibilities, endless possibilities, and endless opportunities. Hey, homeboy, tonight you may not have a job, but tomorrow you might have a job that outpays everybody in this church. And I expect you to tithe when you get it. You better receive that. Somebody say amen. amen. Say, Pastor, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Nobody is insignificant in the eyes of God. 
He wants to speak to you because he loves you and he desires a personal, intimate relationship with his children. In response to Mark, Bartimaeus' faith, Jesus healed his blindness. Immediately upon regaining his eyesight, Bartimaeus began to follow Jesus. Let me ask you this. Has God ever delivered you from something? Are you following him tonight? I mean really following him. I mean really following, really seeking after him. God knows if you are, if you ain't. God knows the ones that are in here tonight that can't wait for me to get done so they can get out there. Are you really seeking him tonight? Bartimaeus, man, he knew. God opened up his eyes. There was a whole new world out there. My friend Shane Mayberry, God opened up his eyes. Said, you know what? I believe there's nobody speaking to the carnies. I mean, you go to fairs and rodeos all over the place. You take your kids and you play. And I'm just going to be truthful with you tonight. There's those people that run those rides and you, you, they pop the balloons and they're hollering at you to come over there. And, and, and let's just be real tonight. You pull your children up a little closer. You're like, watch them. I don't know that guy. He, something must be, he must be beneath me if he's running the Ferris wheel. Boy, my friend broke my heart to a million pieces when he said the first one I went to, Brother Mark, we got five saved. God loves the carnies. God loves the carnies. Boy, it makes us look at things a little different, don't it? There's nobody beneath us. You better hear me tonight. There's nobody beneath us. In response to Bartimaeus' faith, Jesus healed his blindness. Immediately upon regaining his eyesight, Bartimaeus began following Jesus. What is your responsibility when God gets a hold of you? It's immediately start following him. The Lord creates opportunities for us to fulfill his plans and his purpose for our lives. What's our responsibility? We need to ask God, God, where am I supposed to be used? What am I supposed to be doing? And then you need to listen and wait for an answer. Alto, we could have probably, probably built those gates without you, but that was the opportunity God put before you. We had two or three men chomping at the bit, but just somehow those things just didn't work out. But then when you said, hey, I want to build these gates, I'm not tooting his horn. It's not his horn to toot. It's God's horn to toot. God put that opportunity before me. Threw, the devil threw everything at you. You ought to praise God that the devil knows your name tonight. You hear me? Y'all not frower down from the devil. Y'all to hook him in the eye. Say, I'll fight back, devil. As long as I got a tooth, I'll bite you. As long as I got a foot, I'll fight you. You know, ask ourselves, what has God already done for us? Make a decision to follow the Follow and call on him with a loud voice, never giving up. Even if people criticize you and tell you to be quiet, keep on keeping on. Be people who take advantage of every God-given opportunity. A lot of people don't like Joel Osteen, but I believe he's a man who's taken advantage of every opportunity that God has given him. He's taken advantage of every opportunity that God's given him. First, his daddy had that church, and little old country church daddy passed away they said what are we going to do now and somebody said what about joel and joel said well i i i'm not called to preach i'm not called to preach opportunity opened up and look where they are today whether you like him or not he makes over a million people feel better about themselves every week he does mention the name of the lord he does have some good things to say 
I think he's a great motivational speaker. And I think he includes God in that. And I think for you and me, there's great opportunities that lie ahead for us in this church. But we got to band together. Jesus' walk through Jericho was not just an opportunity for Bartimaeus. I want you to get this and I'm done. When Jesus walked through Jericho, it was not just an opportunity for Bartimaeus. It was his last chance. That walk, that coming through there, Jesus was headed to the cross. It was his last chance. Understand that tonight. It was his last opportunity. Is this your last opportunity to get right with the Lord tonight? You know, it was the last time the Lord would walk that way to Jerusalem before his crucifixion. For us, as a child of God, there are promising new road to take us every day. But we have to decide, do we believe in the Lord? After getting all of that out, that's what I want to ask you tonight. Do you believe in the Lord? Like Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Maybe I said it right, maybe I said it wrong. But I can tell you this much. He believed in the Lord. And he followed him. Can you do the same? Will you do the same? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Take advantage of this opportunity tonight to give your life to Jesus. If you're here and you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, do it so right now with me. Don't wait one minute. Don't say, Pastor, I'm going to do it Sunday. I want to make sure I can get these drugs out of my life. I want to make sure I'm not a hypocrite. Look, come to him right now. Shout to him right now. He'll fix everything. He'll heal you from the inside out. Pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to make you my personal Lord and Savior. I want to live for you from this day forward. Lord, I'm tired of begging. I'm tired of not being able to see. I want to come to you right now, Lord. Ask him right now into your heart. Say, Lord, come into my heart and save me. Tonight I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that with me, you just gave your heart to Jesus. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. If you're here tonight and God's healed you, delivered you, set you free, but you've still got one leg in the world and one leg out, would you follow him with your both legs? your head and your heart follow him right now if he set you free saved you delivered you follow him right now just say Lord in your heart in your spirit say Lord I know I hadn't been following you the right way but as of tonight I'm following you and I mean it see sometimes you just got to be talking straight with God say I mean it Lord I mean it Lord Lord thank you for our time together tonight in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.